Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, today, we have Annette Meyer Heistoffer, PhD. She is the UK Extension Agent for Horticulture Education in Davis County. She provides science-based horticulture educational opportunities for our community. Annette is a master gardener and instructs other Extension Master Gardeners as well. The library is partnered with the Master Gardeners to offer the public the seed library, where you can take five seed packets a month to begin your own garden at home. The seed library is located to the left of the checkout desk and is refilled regularly with new offerings, so be sure to check it out. Uh, today, Annette will be speaking about extending the vegetable growing season. Uh, hi, Annette. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, and thank you for having me today. Of course, let me get it transferred over to lock on you and then you are ready to go with your presentation. There you are. Thank you and You're I'm glad everybody's joining us today. Talk about extending the vegetable gardening into the fall. And what are some of those benefits? Why, why even think about fall gardening already? Well, part of the reason is that it extends the season so we can do more production of food, which is really important, especially during this pandemic that we're in with COVID-19. We can also have good quality vegetables in the fall with warm days and cool nights. This actually adds sugar to the cold crops and they taste even better. And then with row covers, we can extend the season of even those frost sensitive crops, possibly even into the winter. So two things we'll learn today. First, the timing for the last planting of warm season crops and planting the cool season crops. And those are the ones that will withstand frost. Is it too early? Well, we're just at the end almost of June and really it's not too early to start thinking about these two processes. First of all, when we think about timing, we look at where we're located in Kentucky. Of course, we're in the western part of Kentucky, so our approximate last date with frost would be April 30th, 20th to 30th. Of course, this year it was into May. So after that, we have about 160 to 75 days before we have our first killing frost in the fall. So for us, if we want to start planting a second crop of tomatoes, we can by July 1st. So that's already next week. Cucumbers by July 15th, peppers by the 15th of July also, but we can get a couple more crops of snap beans as well as the summer squash. So our latest safe planting dates, we have just a little bit of time left for that for the cold season crops. As you can see on this list of cabbage being August 1st, we can even go into spinach being September 15th when we can still plant or October 1st for radishes. So there's still time, we're not too early. It also depends on your microclimate. You might be able to extend your growing season a little bit longer if you're growing on a patio or have a situation where you might have a fence and your area is a little warmer than other parts of the landscape that you might have. Also, if you're still a little bit confused about timing, you can always ask your local extension agent. And this is my contact information here in Davis County. 
with our phone number of 270-685-8480. And you're also welcome to email me. Some considerations though for fall gardens are the days to maturity. The cooler temperatures slow down the maturity of the crop. So it will take a little bit longer than what the package says it will to mature the fruits or the vegetables. The size and the growth habit, if you have a small garden, make sure that you're not getting something that's going to be too big or outgrowing everything else. Always look for disease resistance. That's the best way to fight some of our diseases that will keep our crops from being produced. And you have to remember later in the year, we have more insect pressure. And look on the packages for heat tolerant type of vegetables. There are some heat tolerant green beans that will say on the package heat set. And for the heat tolerance, you might also look for lettuce, which is heat tolerance. If we start planting it too early during the summer, it won't produce, it won't come up. Always remember to rotate crops. So you may already have something that's growing. You may feel like you just got it growing, but over the summer and more insect pressure, some of that will decrease in quality. So as you remove some of, of the crops and especially broccoli and lettuce, then go ahead and plant again, but avoid those closely related crops. This helps to prevent the insect and disease buildup. And rotate away from a related crop for three years. So what are some related crops? So we can see that beets, Swiss chard, and spinach are related. So if you planted beets early, don't put spinach back in that location. Our next group are the coal crops, C-O-L-E crops, coal crops. They include the cabbage, the cauliflower, broccoli, turnips, and Chinese cabbage and some of the Brussels sprouts. Potatoes, eggplants, tomatoes, and peppers are all related, and those are very popular crops. So those shouldn't be planted after each other either. And then we can see our pumpkins, squash, watermelons, cucumbers, those all fall in the cucurbit family, all in the same family. One thing that we can do too, and we're of course in the summer now, but three seasons of growing. So we've had our spring into our summer now, but then we're gonna talk about the fall. So our spring and fall crop planting guide can be found on page 128 of our home vegetable gardening in Kentucky. And that is a great reference from our line of publications that we have. An example of what I'm talking about would be spring and fall cabbage. There are two different tables talking about that, as well as we can do spring and fall lettuce and radishes. And this particular publication is available free online through our ca.uky.edu website, or just call the office where I'm glad to give you that information. Cool season crops, those specifically tolerate that light frost, includes a wide range of crops, such as from cabbage to beets to snow peas, not the regular peas, but the snow peas where you eat the pods, even Swiss chard. Whereas our warm seasons, these just don't tolerate a frost. And as you can see, I have a cucumber picture. They won't tolerate that light frost at all. They'll need to be covered up 
with a, a bed sheet as a floating row cover, or you can use plastic as long as you don't touch the crop. So we really recommend sheets or towels for those things to extend it when the first frost comes in, coming into October. Uh, tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, green beans all fall in that category. So with that succession planning, we can still plant some of our warm season crops as we talked about earlier. And then of course we consider succession planting with cool season crops too coming into the fall. Now we can also extend our season with high tunnels. That's almost like a greenhouse, but no heat, row covers or cold frames as well. And the crops that are pictured are the lettuce, the broccoli and the cabbage. Those are all our cool season crops. The latest safe planting dates, and we'll review those again for our warm season crops are tomatoes by July 1. So you might have really nice big plants right now, but you want to make sure you have a better quality crop coming on later. Go ahead and add a few more tomatoes to your garden. Cucumbers, um, always cucumber beetles, and there's other diseases that get them, so you might want to start some more cucumbers. Peppers you have until July 15th, the snap beans are August 1st, and the summer squash is suggested at August 15th. That would be like a zucchini or some of the yellow squashes. Then for our latest safe planting date, and we hope when we focus on these, we always know every year is different, but this would at least get us a harvest before it does freeze. Of course, those cold crops, kale is very popular. We have until August 15th. Our snow peas and then even collards, August 30th. And those things, some of these things we would do by transplants. So cabbage, we're looking at starting transplants if you already have seed. So here's some pictures of our high tunnel where it's a like a greenhouse where you can walk in it. It's tall enough for that and it has sides that you could roll up or drop down because it gets really hot in the summertime. And many times individuals are using those, you can start your crop even early in those high tunnels. For row covering over what we call the low tunnels, we can do that on raised beds or it can be done even if you have a garden in the ground and using PVC pipe over some type of metal rod so you can get it to hold up and then just pulling plastic over it. The kale in this photograph overwintered this year. And we can do that as long as we're not getting into very cold temperatures, which we had a mild winter this year. So this just gives you some ideas. And then the slitted wire where the, we have the wire and the slitted plastic. It's used very often more so in the spring than in the winter time and fall. So when we talked about those particular crops we should put in as transplants or direct seed, again, the cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, the tomatoes, pepper, squash are good by transplants. Squash, you can do either way. You can direct seed that as well. But direct seeding is just as easy to put into the ground or into that raised bed, peas or spinach, beets, squash, any of those can be direct seeded. For things like pumpkins or watermelon and some of the melons, they take so long to mature 
And we don't suggest that you try to even get a second crop out of those. We're right at the time when pumpkins need to be planted so that it has enough days to mature before we do get a freezing temperature. If you are growing some of your own transplants, which we still have time for some of those cold crops, make sure that you there are hardened off one or two weeks before you plant them in the garden. So we do that by watering with less water and less fertilized, but don't let the plant dry out or wilt. We just took a plant from its environment where it's loving to grow and put it right out into a, a heat situation that we have in our summer, the plant is not going to survive. So don't forget to harden it off and keep your own transplant. Or even if you're purchasing some transplants, it's good to leave it set a couple of days before going directly into the garden. So during the season, after we have our garden planted this spring and we're going throughout from spring to fall, don't forget to use mulch if you can, especially around tomatoes, because that helps with the blossom end rot. And it also helps to reduce the soil temperature. And of course, what I like is reduces the weeds too. And the mulch could be something like straw, or you could use some type of plastic, but if you use plastic, you need to put irrigation underneath that plastic. It could also be a newspaper as well. So make sure the newspaper doesn't go dry where the water hits it and rolls off and doesn't absorb into the soil. So of course we always want to avoid bringing in weed seed and remove the weeds before they go to seed. Otherwise you'll be fighting that particular type of weed for years. And control those weeds at the edge of the garden and around the landscape, it reduces our insect pressure. So again, a mulch around the tomatoes or some of the other vegetables is really a good idea. Pre-plant, we want to apply about one pound of actual nitrogen. So if you're going to uh, do a second crop, that's what you could use. And then side dressing is also available for certain crops like our summer crops. And it's found on table 17 with this particular growing your Kentucky Garden at Home publication that we have. Watering, it needs about one inch a week. Water frequent, infrequently, not very often, but water thoroughly, let it soak in. We wanna wet the soil, not the plant. During the cool of the morning is ideal. Automated drip systems are really nice, or even if you have soaker hoses, something to get it underneath the plant. We want to avoid the plant going wet into nightfall when the diseases have a chance then to take hold and develop on the plants because we've offered water to those organisms and given them the right environment to start developing disease. For insect management and disease, we need to scout the plants, check on the underneath side of the leaves, and proper identification of the diseases and insects are really important to know how to treat it. Maybe something we can't do anything about, maybe something not to worry about. And with the spider mites, we need to keep an eye on those because they do explode in population, especially if we get hot and dry. Use cultural practices always first. Remove the spinach plants, provide good air circulation, try not to jam too many plants together 
select disease-resistant varieties. And again, more are listed in our book for talking about those cultural practices, which we reach for first in any type of system that we are growing. Use labeled fungicides for diseases only when needed. And fungicides are protectants, and this is against, again, the diseases. So we have to apply them no later than the first symptoms we see. And right now we're beginning to see some of the early blights that come in on tomatoes. Good coverage is needed. It has to go on top of the leaf and underneath the leaf too. And it's best to apply it before the rain. That way the plant is protected and when the spore comes, it can't germinate and get into the plant. A little bit will wash off, but follow the label every seven to 10 day application to protect the new growth. Always apply any of the pesticides according to the label. The label is the law. The insecticides can be applied though after we kind of see the pest. Also look at the label. It'll tell you the number of days you have to wait until you can harvest your produce. In the uh, harvest that produce after applying it. I always like to harvest first, then apply, and then wait the number of days before I harvest again. And this applies to both organic or non-organic pesticides. Some insect pests that I'll review briefly are the cabbage looper and the diamondback moth larva. Those we commonly see, and we see them now as well. Those are very common in the fall. Squash bugs. We see the squash bug with the golden eggs underneath her, and then on the other side, of the slide, we see the, the first stage hatching. That's the time they're easiest to manage. You might see the stink bug damage on peppers and tomatoes. You see that white halo cloud-like material. You have to manage those insects early. They sting those fruits when they are green. I suspect we'll see more brown marmorated stink bugs this year. It has the white band on its antennae. And it's a very tough pest to manage. If you see these, again, you're welcome to give me a call and I'll help you with options that we might have in determining which way you would like to manage them. And two, look for frass, the droppings. And you can see on your tomato, the hornworm. If you see some droppings, look for anything that is a larva or a, a worm. And those particular ones, if you don't have very many tomatoes, I just take my pliers and pull it off and destroy it. Cucumber beetles are also very popular. The striped cucumber beetle, the spotted, and then the plant that is collapsed is the cucumber. And the cucumber beetle carries the organism that plugs up the xylem in our cucumber plant, uh, actually probably the phloem. And what happens then, it just collapsed. It can't get the water moving in the plant. Aphids are also an issue. Insecticidal soap is a, a good pesticide to use, again, according to label, for soft-bodied insects. Integrated pest management is what we're talking about. We need to know your tolerance level, how much time and energy do you want to spend, and will the plant tolerate the pest? And it depends on the age of the plant. So as you are going on and your green beans are producing, and then they start 
having disease and insect issues, if you had your second planting going, then you can just pick your last of the green beans, throw them away, and then you don't have to worry about it and make it so much easier for you in harvesting those green beans. Hand picking, insecticidal soap, there are some horticultural oils or the BCBT, Bacillus thuringiensis, that really targets specific larvae. Protector pollinators. Don't spray if you don't have to, of course. And I don't want to. It takes time and money. If you are needing to use a crop protected material, then try to use something safe for pollinators. Some of the BT products might be a choice. Mow off the heads before you spray. If you have uh, clover or something in the yard, you can try to get that sprayed. And the other key would be spray after 6 p.m. when the bees and pollinators are no longer there. Some of the squash flowers are no longer open. So after 6 p.m. For more insect information management, you can contact myself or we have the Home Vegetable Gardening Guide or other resources through the University of Kentucky. A quick uh, discussion about some diseases. The first tomatoes were always ready to get those harvested and can't wait for them. But then we turn them over and they have this black spongy area on the bottom and this is blossom end rot. So use a mulch on the soil to keep the soil moisture consistent. So the calcium is taken throughout the plant into the fruit. I talked about tomato early blight earlier and you can see this big lesion with the concentric rings and that's as the fungus is continuing to infect the leaves early. If you can catch it really early, you can go ahead and prune it off your plant, take off those leaves, but over time, it will become worse and worse. So you decide which level you would like to manage this at. If you would like some fungicide recommendations, let me know. Septoria is usually found in with the early blight too. There's nothing we can do to the soil. This is just a disease that's in this area and we have the humidity for it. And then many times we have these rain events. So we have tomatoes, we have then these particular diseases. Just clean up the leaves as soon as you have the issue. Just like with powdery mildew, we have a lot of times our squash has powdery mildew on it. Again, once it gets too far along, you might just take out the plants. Hopefully you have some new plants growing. We just talked about the bacterial growth of the cucumber. There's that cucumber beetle. You can cut the stem and take those stems of the collapsed part of the plant, push them together, slowly pull them apart, and you can see the bacteria streaming. So for more disease information, again, I'm glad to help you. We have some other resources at the university as well. On uh, applying any kind of pesticide, so anything that we're trying to kill anything with, again, organic or not, uh, don't apply it at a dosage greater than listed on the label. Do not apply it on any type of plant not on the label. And then don't apply it more often than the label says. And then any person under the age of 18 should not be handling or applying these, these particular pesticides. Again, it's best to use insecticidal soap and things that are particularly labeled for use on our vegetable crops. And it will then tell you how many days you need to wait until you harvest that particular crop. I want to mention that 
You may want to join us in our Kentucky Victory Gardens. At this particular location, there is this, this poster to, jo to join in with us during this pandemic. And it's found at the planeatmove.com website. And I'm showing this front slide of what you'll see when you go to this, because up in the upper left part, it says growing your own garden. The rest of this is a great place for many recipes, but growing your own garden is the location where you will find that particular poster. With that, I appreciate you joining me. Enjoy your fall Kentucky Victory Garden, and I'm glad to answer any questions. Thank you, Annette. That was so much information, a lot of good information. Um, I do have a few questions for you. Um, is there a plant that is easier to extend into the fall if it's someone's first time trying to extend their garden? Possibly I would choose lettuce, but I wouldn't sow it yet. I would wait and after the August time because uh, probably until we get into the middle of August, it, you'd have to do it in the shade. And I would probably also say radishes or beets would also be two other, probably three. I don't really have a good one for you. <laughs> three different things to try. It's one of those things where you have to try and see works, what works for you. Lettuce does prefer a little bit of shade. It doesn't like the heat and it won't germinate in the heat. Okay, thank you very much. And the other question I have is, um, you spent quite a bit of time on the different pests that we have in our area. Um, what is the most common one in our area and what crops does it target? Uh, I think I've picked out some of the common ones for our fall crops. Uh -huh. I think for our fall crops, I think broccoli and cabbage is easy except for managing the insects. Okay. And that is where many of those insects, if you have time, again, trying to pick and pull them off, or the BT products, Bacillus thuringiensis, if that's the active ingredients you would look for. And that is a good product that just targets those particular pests as well. Cucumber beetle and the squash bug can also be insects that do give us a few challenges with those warm season crops. Those are ones that if you catch early, it's much easier to control. And when you see those eggs on the back of the leaf, if you can either pull that leaf off or you might just wash it and then try to catch those nymphs or there are some other insecticides. Great, thank you so much. Um, it appears that is all the questions we have at the moment. Um, I appreciate you for joining us live and giving us all the the good information on how to get that fall garden going. It's a, a time that I thought that, you know, we don't always think about the fall garden. Summer comes and then we might get tired of the garden, but I don't want you to forget and not take advantage of what we can do yet in the fall. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Annette. I appreciate it and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.